Welcome to the Art of Humanity with Jessica Ann. Listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and entrepreneurs. Explore creativity and consciousness. Evolve your business with the Art of Humanity. Now, here's your host, Jessica Ann. Jeff Pulver, thank you so much for joining me. Happy to be here. So you're famous for a lot of things. You're the co-founder of Vonage. You have a law in your name called the Pulver Order, which is responsible for 10 plus years on the internet of no regulation, which technically means that if you have uh, Skype or FaceTime, which are powered by VoIP, we have you to thank. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. And third, you're an advocate of net neutrality and you're also a serial entrepreneur. So, wow, we have a lot of things to talk about. But first, let's talk a little bit Let's go back to the beginning, really. You grew up in Great Neck, Long Island. Are there certain early influences in your life that led you to where you are today? Well, um, maybe my uh, earliest experiences in life was how cruel people can be Mm. and and, an awareness of self and, and learning how to protect myself by being me and not letting others bother me. And, uh, that sort of um, led me into the direction of wanting to help connect the world together, but first for me, for my own personal purposes. And I, I discovered and have forever been a part of uh, the communications industry, uh, first as a hobby, as a really as a strong desire to reach out and connect to talk to people on radio, and then um, ultimately on the internet. And, and in between that, I used to always enjoy host, hosting parties and and just reasons for people to get together, whether it was a breakfast or this or that, but as a gathering. And um, I actually started this, uh, my, my passion for radio started in Queens. And then when I, I moved to Great Neck, it just got amplified. But it, it was uh, discovering amateur radio uh, when I was young and my absolute desire to um, to find a solution to loneliness, which drove me into being a ham operator and Really, the moment I got licensed to talk to people, I I never shut up. And uh, I I would probably spend more than 60 hours a week on the radio just randomly talking to strangers and connecting with them and sharing with them and engaging in conversation and occasionally meeting, but usually just feeling their voice and hearing them. And over the years, while I met very few people I actually spoke to, I got to know many, many, many people from, you know, 300 plus countries and, uh, Certainly that's influenced uh, what I did in my life uh, ever since. Can we go back to what you said um, a little bit earlier on? You said that the early influences in your life were the almost the cruelty of people, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just that um, I, I don't know why I felt I could see through people when I was you know, in third grade, but I could. And just the, just the sharpness and the you know, truth and just the harshness and... I'm very sensitive and um, I I just took everything to heart and I couldn't really deal with being either fake or phony or pretend. And if someone asked me how I was feeling, I'd actually would answer. And, uh, you know, how often these days you say, hi, how are you? And how often do actually people pause to listen to how the person is? They just pause and then carry on continuing in their sentence. But I, I actually tried to answer. And, um, I just realized how, how mean people could be sometimes intentionally, other times just by how they were. And I felt very unconnected, uh, in, in the world I was growing up in. And so radio for me gave me a chance to reach out and connect with other people different, of different ages and different geographies and different places in their lives. 
and taught me a lot. I grew up on the radio. I grew up, I learned how to be transparent, how to feel, how to connect, how to engage. And in many ways, um, you know, the way social media has evolved on the internet today, I grew up, uh, the, the ham radio was my, my first platform for social media. It was my first chance to be social with media. Then when I started, um, got a little bit older and I started dating, I was pretty social with media because I used to make mixtapes for girls who I met. I used to try to understand the kind of music that they liked and created my own playlist. And as a DJ, it would actually mix, create, literally create mixtapes. Awesome. Um, and so I was being social with media then. <laughs> uh, no better social... way than through a mixtape, right? Exactly. Well, you know, because you, you want to like, for my purpose, I want to hear like, like try to get to better, better know the person, listen to, to what the music they want to hear, what they like. And also try to find find songs that express myself or express feelings and try to way to convey something. So those mixtapes are the magic. You really began this journey of trying to find a solution to loneliness through communications. And, you know, part of how you communicate in your style is through vulnerability and transparency. So many people think that, you know, being vulnerable is a weakness. How do you kind of explain the paradox of vulnerability being a strength instead of a weakness? Well, I, I think it depends upon the person's perspective and their own experiences about what, what, what true strengths and weaknesses are. Because for, for some people to allow themselves to feel vulnerable, for them it's allowing themselves to put down their guard, to put down the force field, to put down anything around them that would protect them. That's where the vulnerability is rather than just being honest with themselves, but, but allowing themselves to talk through the, the walls they've created for themselves and to take themselves out of that safe space is a really an empowering experience that you really can't compete against around people who figure that stuff out. Um, you know, vulnerability at some level creates that immediate intimacy and, and being able to connect with someone who is vulnerable whether it's a lyricist or a singer-songwriter, whether it's a poet or you, when someone can hear or feel the presence of vulnerability, it just it's the key that unlocks people's souls and, and allows people for a moment in time to feel connected in a very deep, meaningful way that perhaps they never felt connected with someone before. And, and it becomes a strength not to take advantage of it, but to understand and appreciate those moments. And then when you can recreate those moments again and again, but by continuously allowing yourself to talk through the, the platform you're at, that's magic. And, and, and to be there and to feel it and then to actually connect, those connections go deep. And, and you can be in front of three people or 300 people and everybody in the room will feel that connection, most of them anyway, with you. And it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a wow that doesn't really ever go away. And in terms of, you know, living with vulnerability, I, I, I think that allowing yourself to be vulnerable allows people to open up to you so they don't feel like they're going to be attacked, that they're going to be comforted, or at least they know that they're in a safe place and they're extending their, their safe place to you or through you. And when you could turn around and share something vulnerable back, that creates like um, a dome where you can just be open and be pure and be and just be. And 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 some people can are able to then take that and extend it even further, and, and just embrace their flow and without necessarily protecting themselves from other things, just start to listen to who they are and and allow themselves to find that 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 life balance between their head, their heart, and their soul, 
and allow themselves not to rethink things too much, not to feel things too much, but to just be. And and maybe on the inside, your soul will give, give you 82 or 87% correctness. You're not perfect. We make mistakes, but we learn from these things. But I, I do think that if we don't overthink or overfeel, we're more likely to get to where we want to be. And, you know, it's being vulnerable and being open and being able to listen that, that opens up things, which for other people will always be closed otherwise. And you can take vulnerability into the office and, uh, or, or anywhere. And some places is, you know, may not be proper or people will be unexpected, will not expect it. But when you create that immediate intimacy with a group of people or just a person, or sometimes just with yourself, that creates a great opportunity for magic to happen. It's not something that you're really taught by society. You're taught to kind of wear the mask, really. And when you learn to kind of take off the layers and peel back the onion, you know, of your soul, you can really go deep and really get a good sense of who you are. Being on Long Island, Billy Joel, Mm -hmm. read the lyrics to The Stranger. Mm -hmm. Because I I, I think he he, he, um, kind of deals with those layers of, of masks and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And and at least he allows himself to to talk through those layers. And uh, some of the things that I ended up doing, I discovered through music. Yeah. But by by the feelings I got from hearing songs and then reading the lyrics. And what's crazy is, as you get older, or as you as time goes on, the same songs have much different meanings to you, even though they're the same songs you've heard forever. Yes. And, and then you get to this moment where it's, ah, now I got it. Oh, my God. And I can even cry because it's like I feel it. I feel that, that that emotional rawness that the songwriter had when that when he, he, he wrote those lyrics. And I understand. And for the longest time, it was just words. And now it's like, oh, my God. And and so you, you have that. And, and when you're there, it's like. Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> Music really integrates like another higher vibration almost in another universe like another dimension it's so potent it's incredible what are some your inspiration or lyrics that are driving you today that is a hard question for me to answer because i i am uh, on one hand um set in the music that i love uh i I know music that i can cry to at any moment in time (laughs) what Uh, what is that (laughs) It ranges from uh, Oasis and uh, Counting Crows to the Beatles. It could, it could be Simon and Garfunkel, or it could be Pat Stevens is really good at making me cry. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. I mean, for me, it's 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 um you know anything from Blackbird mm-hmm. singing. Um, I think it's called Blackbird. Yeah, Blackbird by the Beatles. Yep. So and and there's even classic rock and hard rock. I mean, it's uh, Counting Crows. Uh, Adam Duritz. He he got me the most. Um, and, oh yeah, uh, he's great. He is great, and I uh, I had a pleasure to meet him uh, in 2006. Um, he he did a private concert for me because um, I had a conference, and he came. And he they weren't Counting Crows was not touring at that point, but backstage I spent an hour with him and his dad, who told me about his bar mitzvah, which is the funniest thing, mm-hmm. and the band. And uh, and he basically told me that you know that his first album was so successful that he'll never be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because everybody's jealous of him. <laughs> And I said, really? And and then I started like, um, I pleaded with him to sing round here at the show, but he, he refused. He said it was just too much. But I did ask him, how come there was an 11 second delay at the beginning of the song? Because as a DJ, you were aware of the, the time to mix one song into the other. And he looked at me and he said, Jeff, there, there's an organ in the song and we had to give time for it to warm up. I said, okay. That was really and, his answer? Uh, yeah. 
And I said, okay. And, and then I, you know, I shared with him that, um, my kids, um, were, uh, listening to his, uh, I guess what you call his greatest hits. And the, the, he, the, he, uh, paid a tribute, uh, he and the band played a tribute to Jerry Garcia and included, um, friend of the devil on, um, on his record. And I told him growing up, you know, my kids thought that, um, he sang and wrote that song and, uh, he corrected me. I said, I know it wasn't you, but in the middle of the concert, he actually called out. He said, you know, a friend of mine recently thought that his, his kids growing up thought it was, this is my song, but Jerry, this is for you. And it was just that, there was just like this connection, but it was, for me, it was just the, uh, call it the nonlinear songwriting. I mean, when you have lyrics like, you know, stepped out the front, like, front door like a ghost into the fog when no one notices the contrast of white on white. In between the moon and you, angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and white, wrong and right. It's like, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> then you figure it out, and it's just magic. There's a place for every song, for every lyric, and there's a time in your life where these things just matter a lot. Yeah. So, and, and that's really where the vulnerability comes from. As a songwriter, you have to find those moments that allow yourself to connect with your audience, but first connect with your soul. Yes. And then you have to have the confidence to sing it out loud and sing it strong so that it actually gets recorded. And, and you have to allow yourself to sing it with people who are first strangers to you until they just feel like they know you intimately because these are your words. Mm-hmm. And these are called your fans. Right. And, and, and when you then you know, go commercial or whatever and you, people start buying your music, you know, there's a part of you that is inside of every one of your fans. And, you know, no matter how vulnerable you are, you know, some people might feel a little exposed, but it's that vulnerability that got me to listen to the music and allow me to feel that passion inside me. And it's where I get strength from, actually. So, so when you are vulnerable on the outside, sometimes it creates your own strengths on the inside because you know where to go. And it allows you to... Um, to, to do things that you otherwise couldn't do, like standing on the edge and not worry about falling down mm-hmm. because you get um, strength from allowing yourself to fall through yourself. You, you, you get strength because it's safety and that's always there, even if you don't see it. And it's just having that ability to let yourself go and to float down and really be open that allows yourself to do everything from start companies to, start, you know, to reboot yourself, to, to change your life and to do the things that you want to do. I mean, you know, everyone thinks there are rules that we have to live through. You can do anything you want to, and the constraints are always created by others. They're really created by you. That's such a great point. You learn as you go along. It's really believing in the concept that you like to call it's nowism. It's being in your flow and being it's present. Being present, being in the know, it's just allowing yourself to connect to the flow that you need. And to do so, yeah, you got to be vulnerable. Yeah, you have to be open at the same time. Take a chance on you. I mean, I, I think the best investment you can ever make is in yourself. I think the best ideas that you have are yours. Now, you know, when people are feeling insecure or not confident and they go to a group of people, what do you think? Should I do this? Should I not? I never understood why people outsource their life to people who have nothing to do with them, even if they love them. They don't know how they think. They don't know how, how they operate. And they don't have to go to sleep on themselves and, and, and answer those questions. So so often, strangers influence what we do without even recognizing it or understanding it. And, and when you start to understand, to start to insource. And yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe in studying the law, studying markets, understanding the things that are out there that you could, that you, that you could that's a fact and factual nature. By all means, talk to experts if you want to understand how a market works. We want to understand trends and history. By all means, learn those things. But in terms of what one should do, 
I believe they should listen to who they are and they should ultimately find comfort with being who they are and, and come to terms with what that means and, and, and have the confidence to be in there now and, and, and not to put something off for tomorrow if they want to embrace it today and, and to have the confidence that they're going to have to be the ones who have to be their best friends at times. They have to have be, be the ones that will pat themselves on the back and tell them they're doing a good job. They have to have the confidence to just be and the power just to be there. And once they're there, ah, that's awesome because, because then they have the flow. And, and then it's just sometimes it's just listening to who they are. And maybe their purpose is to amplify words and, and, and be on message for others and, and to inspire other people. Maybe it's just to do something that's very, very special. And you know, so often people get misunderstood. But you know, if you allow yourself to listen to you and to be, um, you know, me and vulnerability is that, you know, I perhaps uh, I was too sensitive to what other people said and thought that I, you know, I didn't have much protection and my boundaries um, were pretty low. And I'm by default always, uh, always uh, open and always believing in others. And, you know, I'm just vulnerable like that from the get go. I believe I trust people by default. That's just part of me. And so it's a and blessing so, and a curse, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, the, the entire internet was built on trust. I mean, mm. That's why we're so vulnerable these days to cyber attacks, because the basic protocols that make the Internet the Internet actually assume do no harm as opposed to someone's going to harm you. And, and the reason why it takes so much effort these days to protect everything is because the foundation of where this all came from was trust-based. So when that trust is broken, it's kind of hard. And so when you're dealing with people, it's, um, you know, you look at the elements of it. So. Growing up, it was it was the uh, communications ultimately is how I connected with people. If I wasn't into amateur radio as a kid, there's probably no chance that 20 years later, in 1995, I would um, end up uh, discovering for myself a beautiful way to communicate, which was the iPhone. I um, accidentally created a trade association in Washington to fight regulation without really knowing what I was doing. And I started, I launched the world's first internet telephony network and created a movement called Free World Dial-Up that I advocated for strangers to allow strangers to make free phone calls through their connected computers. And um, I managed to get fired from my day job where I happened to have been working on Wall Street at the World Trade Center. And so this is why I always tell people when they lose their job, I say, congratulations, getting fired can save your life. Yes. Because it did for me because I happened to work for a company that on 9-11 um, – would lose 700 people. And to this very day, I am grateful for being fired. <laughs> I'm very happy that voice over IP exists because voice over IP saved my life as being a ham operator saved my life and my passion to communicate saved my life because I got fired. And if I wasn't fired, it's possible I might've been there on 9-11. I mean, I was in systems. So there were 125 people in systems and mm-hmm. you know, I had the kind of job that I was there early in the morning and uh, you just never know. And so, um, you know, things happen some, you know, usually for a reason. And so I'm, I'm very happy to have been fired. And I helped create the industry and helped accelerate the, the worldwide adoption of voice on the internet as a technology. And while that was going on, I did pop, ended up in public policy work and started a few companies and Vonage happened and a mm-hmm. few other things happened. And, but at the same time, I was having fun. And, as and long as you're just, having fun, right? <laughs> I'm serious about the fun. I mean, the, the yeah. fun is what gave me the inspiration to do everything else. Without Great. the fun, none of the other stuff really mattered. It's so important. And, and while money mattered, to pay bills and, and, and to show growth and to ultimately lead to acquisitions and exits. It was, if I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't do it. I, I believe that at some point in your life, you become ageless. Mm-hmm. 
And the sooner you recognize that, the sooner you, that you really now grow up in some ways, that you are you. I mean, everything is both a mirror and a reflection of who we are. And the technological world that we are a part of is a glimpse into our inner selves and our inner universe. And I mean, I, I believe it's, you know, the way that we use technology is almost analogous to how the mind interacts with nature. Yeah, no, I, I very much believe that. And I, and I think that, you know, technology will enhance what we do and, and it may, you know, cloud what we do at times, but it does embrace it. And, you know, I, now that we're living in a world that has, you know, 7.3 billion people, never before in human history we had a chance to have more connected souls. Never before we have had a chance for more people to feel the connection of others through emotions that are shared universally over the Internet. And... And it's it's being able to connect people to, with people that ultimately will have a most, ultimately will have a very positive effect on human history because the connected soul allows amplification of just about everything, and it's allowing yourself to be present, allowing yourself to feel others, allowing yourself to resonate and amplify and and, sh- and share that mm-hmm. um, creates magic. Because I know I, I know that, you're a big light chaser. You you are big into sunsets and I know you're big into technology. I'd love to hear your thoughts into how nature and technology can integrate. Well, look, I, I think that we still don't have technology that can capture all the picture, all the magic of what a sunset really is. <laughs> and that, you know, when you look at the sky every night, a sunset's happening, as long as the sky is visible, I mean, it's a different picture every day. It's a different sunrise, different sunset, different context, different textures. And there's just that energy that, that emanates from the skies to up and down below that's just really powerful and very special. And, you know, that's the, the, the feeling you have when you can watch the sunset and feel that sun on you in the morning or in the, in the evening. And, like, you know, that's not a techno- technological moment. That's a, that's a nature moment. That's a beauty moment. That's a very spiritual, very, very, very um, everything moment. And, I don't get those moments from technology. Um, I get those moments but by being outside and, and breathing air. The technology helps, but nature nature works too. And uh, I, I just find that I am a big fan of going outside and feeling the air and feeling the sand and feeling the ocean. Yeah. And, and feeling and feeling that connectedness to nature that I've yet to find a technology that emulates that. And one of the really big components of what you just described is consciousness. It's this formless, invisible energy of infinite potentiality almost. Do you practice uh, mindfulness or meditation of any sort? Uh, I, I believe, you know, when, when we talk about infinity, I, 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 yes, I do. Um, I, I believe that when two people connect, they meditate. When, when two people are talking to each other and the time stops, there's something supernatural that's happening between the, those moments of time. Um, I, I believe together we can go through time and that time, the, the relationship of space and time is something that's relative to us but understood better by others. Um, I, I purposely do disconnect um, and I, you know, I, I try to live through pictures these days more than words. I, I make a point to see every sunrise and sunset that I can, um, even if it's really I'm really busy when those things are happening. Mm-hmm. I, I make it a point to be present for myself and others, but to be in my own flow and not run away from it. 
and it's hard sometimes to do that. And, and I and I spent a lot of time meeting strangers, trying to help them find purpose. And they don't necessarily know why am I talking to them, or they think they're pitching me a startup, and I'm trying to pitch them their life. Mm. I mean, I I recently spent eight I spent an hour and a half listening to 18 different companies pitch me that what they were doing. Most of them were in their early early stages of being, and. Um, I don't think I would have invested in any of those people who were amazing people just in being present and being present in who they were and what they want to do. And the others were so disconnected between who they were and what they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I tried to spend the few minutes that I had trying to help them open up and be who they discover the magic of who they were. Are there any tips that you can give people for how to integrate everything to become this, you know, it's almost a really powerful force of energy when you learn how to integrate the mind, body, and spirit. Um, first thing is to be present with, with themselves. That is to say, to wake up and to accept themselves of who they are, not to make excuses, not to say, um, just, just to be present, allow people, allow people to allow themselves to dream, allow themselves to set goals for who they, what they want to achieve. But instead of beating, beating themselves up for what they didn't do, praise what they did do. And, and embrace the positive, embrace the opportunity that think, if things are not working out right now, that tomorrow can be a better day. And that, you know, sometimes you might want to go, if you're having a really bad day, I actually go to sleep early. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's like Groundhog's Day for me and I could wake up and it's a, new, it's a refresh. I could right. start again. And that, you know, the energy around me actually is different. And even though my body didn't travel through space and time, or maybe it did, I wake up in the bed, I open my eyes, and I feel like, oh, my God, it's amazing now. This is wow. It's like almost like feeling sick at, when you go to sleep and you wake up, you feel like you're, you're cured. Mm-hmm. And so, so to help people on their steps of, 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 of balancing mind, body, and soul, there's, you know, you can approach it by, by being present. You can approach it by um, accepting you, you could approach it also, of course, through health and wellness by, you know, by pursuing um, a lifestyle that doesn't kill you in terms of what you do to yourself, by by being mindful and aware of what you eat and how you exercise, how you exercise judgment, uh, allowing yourself to not be so judgmental on others and find ways to take yourself out of places that are bad for you. Mm-hmm. Recognize danger, recognize people that are harmful to you. If you feel bad energy, stay away. Yes, that's so important. And it's almost something that you have to learn as you get through life. I mean, that's not something that, you know, you're taught in schools. <laughs> no, you're not. And and, and, and the, your reaction to certain situations may be just, you know, totally non-proportional to the environment that you're in. But if you're scared, run. And, and that's where being vulnerable sometimes is scary because it was your vulnerability that allowed yourself to sense the evil. And you can give yourself permission to opt out. Right. You give yourself permission to opt out and to create a safety net for yourself so that when you get out of the situation, you still feel okay. Um, and, and then there's the, the, the another part of it is, is, is being able to just communicate freely and to allow yourself to find other people who, you know, if you didn't know what people look like and you can connect with their souls, you know, I, I promise you that your friends may look a lot different to you. Yes. And, so and that... And, and, and there certainly are people that, you know, there's natural beauty and there's evil underneath mm-hmm. <laughs> or there's ugly, ugly on the outside and absolute beauty on the inside. And at the end of the day, it's, it's very hard to answer the question, what's beautiful and what's ugly. So we, we have, you know, artists throughout the years always trying to interpret these things. But 
there's an individual part to that. And so, you know, if you're starting out on a journey, I think the most important part to, to know is that you're there for yourself, that, that you, will, you will create a support group when you allow yourself to open up and find others of like mind, but there's you. Mm-hmm. So don't run away from yourself. And, and you could start this experimentally by just, you know, very, very quietly starting to embrace your life and starting to take those chances that you want to change, take chances for you. At, at the same time, you also want to start to get rid of the inertia around you that's stopping you from doing what you know. Because the, the, the hardest thing I've had, the biggest obstacle that I've had throughout my entire life, recognizing inertia and not being able to fight it. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways that you would tell people to fight inertia? If you're in a bad relationship, don't deny it, embrace it, and find a way to exit. <laughs> and know that that relationship may not be a clean exit, but you need it for your head. And this is whether you're in a personal relationship with someone else, whether you're in a work relationship, whether you're in a relationship with yourself and you're doing something that's just harmful for you. I knew at work, before I lost my job on Wall Street, people around me were losing their job every week, every two weeks. And I used to have a bunch of managers go out on Fridays to figure out who's the next person to get fired. We all stayed because we were, we're, we, we didn't have the comfort to leave. And you were scared to leave, I'm sure. Yes. And whether this was a, a personal relationship with someone else or this is my work relationship where you know things are bad. And I, I hated my job at that moment in time. I really did. My day job I didn't like. My night job I loved. And I ultimately would embrace my night job as my passion and was able to take my passion to and just see where it went. At that time, I didn't have the security to do so because yeah. I was still asking other people what to do. How would you handle it? And everyone thought I was either crazy or <laughs> they, they, they certainly didn't see what I saw. And, and, and for whatever reason, I was outsourcing myself to others. And so when you realize that you should not outsource your life, you could outsource many things, but you can't outsource your decisions about your life to someone else. And so many people aren't comfortable with getting uncomfortable. So they stay in the status quo and they stay in the comfort of what they know. So it's so important to really get uncomfortable so that you can evolve. And this is where, where vulnerability helps you a lot because when you learn to be vulnerable, you start to learn and appreciate being uncomfortable. And that's where you get strength from. That's the wow. Whatever you want to call it, whether it's God, universe, whatever, it's just this universal source that kind of runs through you and you can fully appreciate it in all of its beauty. Most people have superpowers and, and, and many people will think, what the hell is he talking about? But, <laughs> but I, I believe deep down inside, we're all very special. We can do magical things. Some people are child prodigies. Some people could play piano and be at Carnegie Hall at six years old. Other people could be, you know, absolute amazing artists. Other people are mathematicians, but everyone has a skill. Some of it's understood, some of it's not, but, but it's, we're all here together. And I, and I think by allowing ourselves to embrace the special and, and understand that we all could be misfits and we can all fit in and we can all do great things, but, it, but the strength from all of this comes from being vulnerable and allowing yourself to be who you are and to who, whatever that takes you, but to be. To exist. I hope more people would take a selfie with a sunset. Amen to that. Where can people find you online? They could find me um, on Instagram as Jeff Kenny Pulver. They could find me on Twitter as Jeff Pulver. They could find me at Snapchat, which I've been playing with, also Jeff Kenny Pulver. Thank you. This is so much fun. I really enjoyed talking with you. And to you. Thanks for listening to The Art of Humanity. Please follow us on Twitter at It's Jessica Ann. Join us next week with your host, Jessica Ann. Evolve your business with the art of humanity.